everybody. Welcome to this quarter's episode of Two Gals and Some Data. Today, we actually have four gals to chat with. So let me introduce you to the Navistone Client Partner Team, led by Courtney Shack. This team, Jay Benz, Lisa Slater, and Christy Strum, has collectively more than 50 years in the direct mail and digital marketing industries and have worked with hundreds and hundreds of brands across all B2C industries. And I think it is important to say direct mail and digital together because it's so rare to find experts that are knowledgeable in digital marketing as well as direct mail. So good morning and thank you ladies for joining me today. Good morning. Good morning. I know it's hard to believe, but we are all deep in the middle of our 2023 planning already. And as if it wasn't hard enough to plan for our first post-COVID holiday season, we're now planning for next year already. And we're still blind in many ways until we see how 2022 finishes up. So first things first, let me ask you guys how your clients thought about this planning season. What were some of the key things that they were focused on in planning for this holiday? Courtney, why don't you start us off? So every year we see the holiday season start earlier and earlier and 2022 is no exception. Many of our clients are launching their holiday promotions the first week of November, well in advance of Black Friday. Yes, I'm seeing the same thing, actually. It started earlier than ever. In fact, we saw holiday on September postcards this year, and normally we don't see that until kind of later in November or beginning of October. Like, at least we make it through Halloween before we're seeing Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but that's just not the case this year. And I also think that some of that has to do with the big box stores kind of had a Cyber November last year where it started early and it kind of went for a long period of time. Yeah, I actually received a piece of mail today that said Black Friday starts today. So that goes right along with everything you guys have been saying. But the one thing that I see is that I've had a couple clients saying that they actually think they may be able to extend that holiday shipping deadline a couple more days this year. I don't know if you recall last year, there was a lot of inventory issues. There was a lot of logistics issues. So some of the clients are saying they think they'll be able to extend the season a little bit, which is always a good thing. You know, I think that's pretty interesting because I wonder if some of the advertisers have actually started the holiday season early because of the inventory issues that they had last year. And if those inventory issues are actually more under control, then we may see a benefit on both sides, starting a little bit early, but then also being able to extend those deadlines on the back end. So that certainly sounds like could be some good news. What concerns are you hearing about the season? You know, the number one priority I've been hearing from a lot of my clients is cost savings. I think the quote is every penny counts. You know, typically we have clients really increasing budget when it comes to Q4, and we're really not seeing that as much as we've had in the past. I have to agree with you. I've got several clients who are actually pulling back this year, and they're really starting to save their spending over the holiday season. And in fact, they're using words like uncertain times. You may recall that from the time of COVID that was being said all the time. They're using also words like recession, inflation, and they're saying that their shoppers are actually starting to close their pocketbooks, which is directly impacting the revenue that our clients are seeing and sales are softening. And then I've also got clients on the other end too, who are heads down, full bore ahead, 
who want to acquire new customers and prospecting is the name of the game for this holiday season for them. So it's kind of interesting. I'm seeing both sides of it, but more so they're pulling back than full bore ahead like they were last year. Yeah, I, I would also echo everything that Lisa and Jay are saying, but I would also add that last year we saw advertisers pull back on discounting as they kind of recovered from what was happening with the pandemic, where there were a lot of discounts out in the market in 2022. However, we're really seeing marketers lean back into that discount philosophy, trying to incent customers to spend despite some more uh, challenging economic times. We're also seeing many clients test new marketing channels in Q4 to see if there's ways that they can try and acquire and maintain their existing customer base in more effective channels to try and combat those potential recession concerns. Some of the things that I've heard clients say that they're testing are things like really promoting that user-generated content like TikTok and Instagram as a grassroots promotion of their brand, leveraging QR codes. It's a great way for a brand to be able to see what type of return they're getting on marketing channels in near real time without additional reporting, and then actually expanding profitable programs that have been tested initially in Q3, like direct mail retargeting. So Courtney, that of course leads into my customary and shameless plug. But before I kind of tap into that, I just want to tap into some other things that you guys said. Just listening to you talk about advertisers who are cutting back on spending, concerned about consumer spending is always so worrisome to me because I know that when you cut back on spend, you're going to acquire fewer new customers. And then as you go into next year and you have fewer new customers to tap into, then it creates that effect on next year's revenue as well. And so it's just such a tough balance to make, you know, how much to invest knowing that consumers may be closing their pocketbooks, but also make sure that you're doing enough to make sure future years are able to kind of offset what we might be experiencing today. So, you know, Courtney, maybe your point about continuing to double down on those programs that are working really well, like direct mail retargeting might be a really positive way to go. One thing that I have heard a lot of people talking about is the focus on new to file. It's not just about acquiring new customers, but also a lot of talk about how to treat customers that have been newly acquired. Um, I think during COVID, that was a really big question that we were asked. Customers were online more than ever. They were buying from new brands that they might not have bought from historically. And are those consumers people that are going to stick with them? Are they the same as their typical buyers or are they people who are really more of that one and done? And we know that if we can get that second conversion, then the lifetime value of those customers increases dramatically. And so I hear a lot of people talking about not just acquiring new customers, but getting conversion of those newly acquired customers so that they can see that better lifetime value in the future. So let's shift real quickly into 2023, um, where I'm sure I'll be able to make another shameless plug. But Christy, let's start with you. What are you hearing from your customers about 2023? Sure. Yeah, that's a that's an easy one. It's it's absolutely a diversification as they move into 2023, and it really is kind of breaking down into three themes: uh, product, partner, and marketing diversity. 
Some clients are looking to refocus their product priority to those that are more recession-friendly, a lower price point, quicker turnaround, less of a considered purchase. Other clients are prepping for success by bringing in more and different partnerships. This seems to be a shift from recent years when streamlined alignment with key partners seem to be the trend. Uh, now companies are looking to have a larger and wider breadth of partners to ensure their own success in the new year. And lastly, marketing diversity. Uh, whether testing different paper or catalog sizes or moving into new marketing opportunities for them, like Roku and TikTok, I'm finding that many marketers are trying to find new ways to find their consumers. But even with the recession looming in 2023, my clients are optimistic for growth in the new year. Uh, they just know they have to spend more to achieve that growth. Christy, can you say a little bit more about the diversification in partners I think the other things that you've mentioned are things that I've heard as well, just diversification in marketing programs and product, but um, the diversification with partners is something that I really hadn't heard. Yeah, sure. I work with some home services clients who are working with other partners, different partners, um, perhaps to do some manufacturing for them so that they can refocus their production on, on different products. Another client I work with is um, really trying to find a breadth of partners to work with so that they don't kind of have all their eggs in this one partner basket in the event that recession doesn't really treat them very well. Yeah. Now, as you say a little bit more about that, it did make me think a little bit about last year even, and just some of the challenges advertisers had with finding paper. They yep. may have had one partner in particular that they worked with on print programs, but then found that they were falling short on paper and actually had to expand those partnerships to make sure that they could get the volume elsewhere. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, one thing that you said that I, I do think was really interesting, maybe even a little bit differently from what I heard about how advertisers are thinking about this holiday season, you had mentioned having to spend more to maintain sales and spend even more to actually increase sales. And I think that is something that a lot of people are talking about for next year. You know, you may have read recently or heard recently programs like Facebook, like Google, not performing as they once had and costing more. And I think that's another reason why we see more and more advertisers diversifying their marketing mix, maybe adding direct mail to the marketing mix. Yeah, that's absolutely something that we're seeing with our client base. And I think one of the things that's driving that exploration is the concern in the industry around the loss of a third-party cookie. Advertisers are trying to be smart about it. They've known that this has been coming for quite some time. So really trying to do some testing to see how do they offset this major shift in marketing strategy. And one thing we've heard from our clients is that using direct mail, a targeted and measurable channel has really been on the top of the list for many looking to expand. Courtney, well, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned targeted and measurable when you mentioned direct mail, because it is not just direct mail, right? Like when we talk about our postcard retargeting as an example, it's not the direct mail that advertisers might originally have thought about when they think direct mail. It really is about those programs that are precisely targeting using intent data from digital interactions and making sure that you can measure that makes all the difference in the world. 
So thanks for thanks for giving me that softball as well. But sure. but I, I think that when we talk about direct mail and the impact that that can have in adding it into our marketing mixes, it's not uncommon that we hear people talk about consumer privacy as well. So Courtney, what are you what are you hearing about that? Yeah, that's also a, a key issue for marketers as we head into 2023. It's Things like the implementation and enforcement of CCPA, upcoming legislation from many other states looking to replicate California's policies. There's north of 10 that are slated to be coming out early uh, next year with some similar legislation. So really just understanding how to navigate that ecosystem. And what we have found is that direct mail retargeting is actually a great way to leverage the digital signal of an advertiser's site traffic but still being able to stay on the right side of privacy laws because there is the ability to really truly track what's happening, opt out both digitally and offline, and really making sure to be clear about notice and choice and and removal of consumers from a process. Yeah, I think your last point is really one big takeaway for us, and that is making sure that you as advertisers, as brands are adhering to consumer privacy guidelines, making sure your privacy policies are up to date, notice, choice, ability to opt out, and not to go unsaid when somebody opts out to truly opt them out, um, really give them control over how their data is being used. Lisa, uh, Jay, anything else that you're hearing from your customers about 2023? I mean, mostly, again, it's more about cost savings, but then new to file is a big, big thing for people. And, you know, sometimes not just new to file, new to brand. They're looking for solutions that can actually help open up that new to brand customer. And then on the consumer privacy side, you know, it's that fine balance between achieving personalization and staying privacy compliant. So those are a lot of what I'm hearing. I'm really glad that you had mentioned that note on personalization. I think sometimes that is something that we take for granted, or maybe we go a little bit too far one way because we don't want to cross that line around privacy. And there's some, you know, you've heard people probably talk about the creepy factor, but it really makes a difference when you personalize the offer, whether that be digital, you know, email or direct mail, but really speaking to the consumer based on where they showed intent, maybe not the exact product or item that was being reviewed or where they showed intent, but certainly demonstrating that you know what they're interested in and tailoring your creative and your offer to that makes all the difference in the world from a response perspective. Yeah, and the only other thing that I'll add is going into 2023, Lisa said acquisition, and then also once they acquire those customers, focusing on the lifetime value of that customer and how do they continue to get them to come back and buy time and time again. So it's less about the one time and and gone, but really the repeat customer coming back. And I've had a lot of conversations with my clients about that, and personalization was a big one that we had touched on. Personalization on the postcards and the direct mail and everything that they're receiving. But then also, I kind of joke about this, but 2020 was like the year of the QR code, and it's really starting to come into planning for 2023 because it's so much easier to scan and then shop from a personal device. So 
that's another thing that has been coming up as we're moving into 2023. I love that you mentioned the QR codes as somebody who has been in direct mail for her entire career. You know, I'm very well-versed in QR codes and I can't remember where I was, but somewhere over this past week, somebody referenced QR codes and they said something to me like, oh, are you familiar with what QR codes are? And, you know, to us, it's obvious, right? It's absolutely something that makes a big difference and important for advertisers to be incorporating in their outreach. But I'm glad that you mentioned it because not everyone is quite there yet. So let me just sum up what I heard you guys say. And to be clear, I know none of this is new. We've been talking about it for a long time, but it is upon us right now. We've talked about the loss of third-party cookies for a long time. And while there have been delays, I feel like 2023, 24 is when it's actually going to hit us. We've talked a lot about cutting costs, cutting marketing programs, but also about the need to invest in new customer acquisition and converting new to file for repeat customers. And I think maybe the last thing is along the lines of an omni-channel strategy, it is using this more comprehensive mix of marketing programs. It's including things like direct mail retargeting to offset some of the lower performance and fluctuating costs from digital channels and sunsetting programs like the third-party cookies giving us alternatives there. So I just want to thank everybody, Courtney, Christy, Lisa, Jay. Thank you guys for joining me today. If you are interested in learning more about Navistone, please check us out at navistone.com slash blog. And if you enjoyed today's show, head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening.